Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. Welcome to the Bass and Brews podcast, your weekly distraction from other high-quality podcasts. And now, your host, Alice from Swamp Rat Fishing, and the co-hostess with the mostest, the Jabberhammer, Paul Roberts. Hey-o. Here we are. Here we are, y'all. We got our second installment of the Queen City Kite Bass Fishing Chronicles. And here tonight, this host of the Bass and Bruce, and here tonight we had the Queen City Tournament of Champions, participants, and finishers. Fellas, how y'all doing tonight? Good, good. Good, good. Than we got looks. <laughs> We got we got the winner, the champion, Joey Randall in the house. And then we got fourth place finisher, the co-commish, Ryan Holsey. And uh, we're going to get into their stories and how they fished, won a little bit of money and some prizes here at the Queen City TOC, which was uh, just happened two-day tournament this past weekend. So uh, we're, we're excited to hear what happened because I think we got some good stories in here. I know we got one good story. And uh, we're going to dive into that. We're going to start off. Joey, Joey, introduce yourself real quick. Tell us who you are. Well, I'm Joey Randall from Denver, North Carolina. I've been fishing Queen City for about six years. Uh, I've, uh, you know, I've been all over the country bass fishing in the Hobies. Uh, I've been fishing a few bass events, just anything local. Uh, I've uh, placed pretty well on some events down at uh, Coosa River. I did decent at Toledo Bend. I've, uh, I've had a fifth place at the Hobie on Norman. So I've, I've been around the country a time or two, doing a little bit of bass fishing here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we we see you popping up as a North Carolina local here, popping up in the national events and representing real good. Co-commish, introduce yourself there, Hulse. Co-commish. I'm Ryan Holsey. Uh, Vinny's been calling me co-commish for like three years now, so it's it's time I start owning up to it. I, I put it in here tonight. Um, Fort Mill, South Carolina. I think this is my fifth full season with QC. Kind of kind of crazy. It's flown by, but started kayak fishing about 10 years ago. Started with uh, SKA, the Southern Kayak Anglers in Georgia. Tim Sizemore, Mike Niles, um, Stuart Venables, part of that group. So moved up here. My wife's a Fort Mill local and um, met Vinny at the kayak and greenbacks event that we had on Wiley a few years ago. He was talking about starting Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing. So got involved with that and it's been full speed ahead ever since. Were you in the Augusta, Georgia area? No, I was actually, so I've, I'm from Gainesville, Georgia, and uh, we lived out in West Georgia in Carrollton mm. uh, for about five years before we came up here. 
Okay, I was in the Augusta area for – I was in Aiken and North Augusta on the South Carolina side, but I know that there was a local club there that fished a good bit before I got into kayak fishing. So I was curious. Maybe uh, you fished some of those waters. There's four or five Georgia clubs, so we were yeah. we were kind of West Georgia, Central Georgia. Okay, you in the, you in the, mount, the mountainous areas. Yeah, yeah, that's where we grew up. Mm-hmm. All right, well, well Joey, you, you're the you're the champion, man. You you finally, from what I could gather in the time that I've been on Queen City, you you finally were able to take over Chris Goodwin. And you are finally able to get out of Mr. Second Place into a first place. And I think leading up to this, I remember a lot of people were had, had made posts on the Queen City pages about you, you know, are you oh, yeah. going to be able to do it this year? Oh, yeah. you know, giving you some shit about it and, and all that stuff. And you did it, man. You did it. Damn right. Yes, sir. How did, how did that make you feel to get to, to finally be able to hop into that number one spot? Man, if I would say proud, it would be an understatement, but it's more relief and it's, it's, you know, cause you never really doubt yourself, you know, going, or I've never doubted myself that I could do it because I have been there. I have paid my dues. I have gotten so close on so many events where the unluckiest of the unluckiest thing <laughs> could have happened to cause me to lose that event. And it just fell in line for me to lose. I even lost a fish during the TOC that I knew. I knew without a shadow that I left that day from the ramp going to the way and knowing I lost this one again. I knew it. <laughs> and it just, it worked out, man. I just, I clipped him by three quarters of an inch this time. Mm. It was, it was, it was tight, man. And I really, I kind of made an adjustment late day that really just helped drive that tournament home. And uh, it was a lot of fun, man. It was, I, I thrive on events where, or I think I thrive on events where nobody has practice. If you are just flat raw dogging it and nobody knows what's going on and it's only a handful of people, like 25 people, you know, even though you had to qualify, it 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 gets rid of about five outliers that just have a great day <laughs> that day. You know yeah, what I mean? That's right. So it doesn't, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. These are 25 or 22 of the best in the Carolinas, but you know, it, it, sometimes the averages can work out in your favor. That's and, right. Uh, and this weekend it did. That's what happened. Well, all right. I want to get to the adjustment you made at the end of the day, but first it was a two day tournament. Tell us about the tournament, where it was and, and you know, the specifics of the actual tournament. Clark's Hill, Georgia. It was the top 22 qualifiers from the Queen City Trail over the year that started in what, Holsey, January? Mm. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we've been going all year long. This was our Super Bowl, our Bassmaster Classic, and it was at Clarks Hill, Georgia, a 70,000 acre reservoir just outside of Augusta, Georgia. And me personally, I have never put eyes on that water other than YouTube searches from, mm. <laughs> from two weeks ago. And uh, what I started noticing, it wasn't much different from Hartwell, which isn't much different from Lake Norman. So I basically just went fishing and did what I did. So, you know, that's the basics on the tournament there. Made. And is is Clark's Hill, uh, that's, that's fairly, the southern end is fairly dirtier water and the northern end you get some clear water. Was that a blueback herring lake? 
Apparently so. Uh, I think so. I think it is. I think it's similar to like a heart wound when you mm. got those on it. I, I had a few, few things happen that made me think it was a herring lake based on, mm. I grew up on Lanier, so that's okay. a herring lake, big spot fishery, and kind of a few things that were happening, and I was like, man, I hadn't seen that in a few years, but that's familiar, and, you know, I, so I, I think that's what was going on there. Okay. Well, Joey, Joey, give us a rundown, you know, the quick, dirty rundown uh, of the two days fishing, and, and what, specifically, what was the the change that you made late in the day that, that got you into that first place? The the change that was made on the second day was made around lunchtime. Uh, I was working a shaky head. Uh, believe it or not, a guy who had beaten me twice. This is a little bit of a story here. So Matt Hodge, the guy who's beaten me twice, I finished second to him in the TOC two times. He's beat me by mm. a half inch, and he's beat me by a quarter <laughs> of an inch. Right? Oh, man. Twice. So I'm fishing in the back of this creek, minding my own business, not bothering the soul. And I'm thinking there ain't nobody, it's just me and God on this little bridge here, and I'm just going to fish it until I can't do nothing else. And I look down this creek, and it's about a mile down this creek I can see, and I see a blue kayak coming. <laughs> and I was thinking, this son of a gun, where is? where did he even launch? And I look, and here he comes. Guess who it is? It's Matt freaking Hodge, the guy that's beat me twice. So I, here I am thinking, you know what? I was like, he's just going to come back here and do it to me again, ain't he? So he pulls up with a black trick worm on the shaky head, right? And I haven't got bit in like 45 minutes. So he goes, boop, boop, boop. He pulls three out like Hodgey style, just comes Damn. through your area, boop, boop, boop. And you're like, you're just dumbfounded. And so I, what did I do? I picked up black trick worm. Mm -hmm. I, catch, <laughs> I catch two right out of the gate. Hodgey looks over at me and says, all right, man, there's ain't enough room here. I'll see you later. And <laughs> He went, he went back on down in the creek, and I just stayed right there throwing that shaky head. And I told him I told him yesterday, uh, I appreciate you showing me that there was fish on that bridge. <laughs> he came down and poached three fish and was like, yeah. see you, peace out, buddy. Yeah. They, he come down I called him all, good luck. He's just showing you what to do. That's all. Yeah. He out. yeah, he left me a little crumb on the side there. Mm -hmm. But the adjustment at the end of the day, I was I was throwing that trick worm around. It was keeping me involved. It was keeping me up there near where I was within striking distance. And then on the last day, uh, I had been throwing around an Alabama rig, and it just wasn't right. It wasn't perfect. When they smash that bait, there's no doubt about it. They try to pull the rod out of your hands, and it's not you know something I just know from experience. When they're getting it, they're getting it. And so I pick up my Alabama rig and I put on the biggest Kytex I could get in my, in out of my bags. And cause I throw little 2.8s at the house mm -hmm. because we got gin clear water here and it just, the 3.8s don't always work good. So I was like, I got to do something. I threw a jig, I threw a finesse jig, I threw a big worm. I did everything I could do to try to get a bigger bite and they just wouldn't pick it up. So I moved up to the 3.8 Kytex on every one of my hooks and I went, you know, as soon as I started throwing it, I think I made three or four casts. I went around the corner of the bridge and that six pounder slack lined it. Mm. And right out, I mean, I hadn't been throwing it more than three or four minutes thinking I went, this is my big bait bite. You know, this is what I need to get a big bite. And it, after that, I called another, I immediately called again. I called my smallest, smallest fish after I caught my big fish. And then I just kept calling the rest of the day on those bigger baits. And that was the key. They really, really wanted it. They were biting it hard. They were, 
pulling the rod out of my hand, knocking slack in it. And some of them I would miss because they would knock slack in it so mm. hard. It's hard to rotate on them in a kayak yep. sometimes. And I lost the 18 and a half. It looked between 18, 19 inch, or who knows? It might have been 17, three quarter. We'd give a shit, you know? <laughs> but I thought, uh, yeah. And I, I lost that fish at about maybe like 215, 230. And the bites weren't great after I got closer to three o'clock. They weren't, they weren't biting it real good leaning up towards three hours or three o'clock hour and so i'm just still fishing around in about 15 minutes to go in a tournament i land the 18 incher in mm. the same spot where i caught that six pounder on those bigger kitex and then that was eventually what led to the win there was that 18 incher that just kind of sealed the deal about 15 minutes ago man a, a six pounder and a toc that's got to get you pumped up there did you did you show some emotion did you scream hoot holler were you pretty yeah. even killed? You, you let Man, people know you've done what, something. It takes a lot for me to get worked up. I either have to lose a big fish or I have mm -hmm. to catch a big fish. And I absolutely came unglued because <laughs> from my history, that has always been what has left me in second spot. If you look at mm. my, I have a, I have, I don't think I've, I think I've measured 78 fish on tourney X this year, something like that in tournaments. It's like a 1575 average. Like I don't play. I catch 15 to 18 inches, but I very rarely catch one over 20 to 22. I, I very mm -hmm. rarely do that. And the guys that win like Chris Goodwin and Heath and Hodge, you see their wins. There's always a five and a half plus pounder in there. It's always, always that, that big kicker. Yep. And when I hooked that fish and I got it in the boat and got that pick submitted off, I said, all right, now we got a chance. So we got one more fish. I lost that fish and then caught another one. We heard that story already, but yeah, that's how that went. That was the tournament day for me. And leaving there, I didn't know I had won it until they literally said, you know, Chris, you got second place because I didn't want to mess with Chris because I knew he had a bag. He didn't want to mess with me because he knew I had a bag. And we were just kind of like force fielding each other. With it was yeah. weird. They wouldn't look at each other at the way they in. Were like, they were kind of, you know, hey, how's it going? Yeah. They knew they were yeah. close. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fun. That's funny when you get down to that point and and you want to talk some shit, but you're just not sure if it's if it's worth it. If the repercussions, if you don't win, are there? So you just like, you know, I'm gonna hold this yeah. shit in. I don't want to give myself no bad luck, something I don't know about. Uh, that's funny. Hey, you want a chunk of change too? This tournament paid out some good money. Yeah, I think it was uh, fifty-seven hundred, uh, five thousand seven hundred twenty-three dollars. But I did grab day two big bag with seventy-two mm. inches and big bass of the tournament with that twenty-one seventy-five. Mm -hmm. So there was like five, six hundred extra bucks in there too. So it was fifty-seven hundred bucks total though. That's pretty nice chunk of change. Big check I've had. There you go. You you got you got your trophy with a first place on it and a, and a nice little purse. I mean, you can't you don't get no better than that. That's it, man. This man, this is Queen City. This is what we've known. This is what we've come to love. This is we, we support each other. But man, when we go after it, we really go after it. And I tell you, the number one reason I wasn't talking shit to Chris because I didn't know if he had him or not. Because when that dude catches him. <laughs> It could be 75, 76, 77 inches, and you're just standing there like, well, there was that. Like, I'll see y'all later. Yeah, yeah. He's talking about 75, 76, 77 inches, y'all. Just to reiterate, this is four fish limit. So, you know, these bags might sound a little a little small, but it's, it's four fish. What's your two-day tournament be, Joey? 
135 50. Yep, 135.50. Good deal. Yeah, it was Coach Mish. Coach Mish. I so I sent Vinny a message um later in the day. It's like, hey man, is there anybody out there with a, a, a fun story, a weird story, you know, something wacky crazy that happened that we can bring on? Um, you know, somebody overcome some odds and he and right away he's like Ryan Holsey. And I, I, mean, I think the overcome some odds may have may have done it for him there. <laughs> yeah. Odds he, that he, I put on myself. So so for you guys that don't know me, QC knows this. I'm I'm a paddle guy. I've been a paddle guy since I started. I started in a tarpon 120. Hmm. I moved up to a new canoe pursuit. And I think it's just been me being hard-headed and stubborn, to be honest. I want to go out, I want to compete, and I want to beat these guys paddling. I don't know why. I don't know. Let me tell you, I have a looking for punishment. Damn, I, paddle. I made a 10 tag. So we got these blue fox 10 tags that we use for our identifiers. And two years ago, I made one that said, I beat you with a paddle. <laughs> no, man, that was the kiss of death because I, mm. I hadn't won anything. But so I qualified. I was 20. I made the last spot in Shit, the regular yeah. season. Caught two fish at Santee within the last 15 minutes that, that got me in. Um, and I told Vinny, I said, I said, dude, this is the biggest tournament of, of the year. I said, I said, I got to do something different. I can't keep doing this. We're going to Clark's Hill. It's a huge lake. I mean, it's a huge lake. I said, I need some wheels. And he's been telling me for like two years, dude, come get one of my natives. You need to be peddling something. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. So I said, all right, it's time. I need to come. I need to come borrow something. So he loaned me a Slayer Max. His, his tournament rig that he uses for you know, BOS and everything. Um, and he, he's like, well, I got this, the live imaging from Hummingbird, so I'm going to put that in there. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Sure. What, what's that? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you turn this bitch on? <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, dude, don't even get me started. So, so he hands me like five batteries to go with it. I'm like, what is all of this? <laughs> I'm like, I'm used to a paddle. A golf like, cart? <laughs> Golf so, so I told him, I said, if I'm going to do this, I got to have time to take it out once or twice on Wiley because I don't want to show up Saturday morning looking like an idiot, not knowing how to even paddle a kayak to get around. Um, so I got a chance. I took it out to Wiley. The first day, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'm trying to get like his, his wheels out so I can get in the water and the ramp in the dark. I'm pedaling around doing this like the kayak's a little sun dolphin. And, you know, I got used to it. And the thing's stable as crap. So first day was getting used to it. I'm like, all right, I need to go back out one more time. I want to I want to get comfortable with it. I want to use this, this live scope for mega imaging. So I go out a second day. And um, I'm going out there. And I start getting comfortable with it. And I'm looking, and I'm like, okay, well, there's a fish on a brush pile I didn't know was there. I throw a jerk bait out, watch the jerk bait come, fish eats it, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> so that's <laughs> what oh, they were talking about. <laughs> and I call Vinny, I'm like, dude, I just caught a fish on, on the on the live scope. He's like, well, that's cool. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So, <laughs> so I get back to the ramp, and I'm going home, and my truck starts making the, the grinding death noise. I'm like... What the shit is this? Not this week. And and turns out the, the rear differential's going bad. So I got oh, to Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sitting here going. Not a wheelbarrow, but the differential. Yeah. The whole differential. Oh, don't <laughs> worry. It's getting replaced. Would have been nice to get that five grand this weekend. But 
my, my buddy Stuart Venables like, dude, I got an extra truck sitting at the house. Come get it. I'm like, dude, you're a lifesaver. So here I am going down Friday night, borrowed kayak, borrowed depth finder, borrowed Toyota Tundra. And I'm like, <laughs> please don't wreck. Please don't hurt this. All <laughs> 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 oh, I got is my spinning Jesus. gear. That's, that's my other thing. Everything I use is spinning gear. I got a bait caster for my A-rig, and that's it. Um, but, man, I showed up Saturday morning. only one at the ramp. And uh, I get there early because I'm all geeked out and ready to go and everything. So I'm waiting like 15 minutes for launch. And then I launch, and I go 200 yards, and I'm like, shit, there's fish here. So now I'm waiting another 30 minutes before mm. I'm in time, watching all this bait and fish busting everywhere. And uh, Saturday, I caught like 12 or 13 bass. Every single one was on live scope. Power Wow. Bait. Crank baits, jerk baits, a rig. It was insane. Now I I didn't I had mid sixties. I was third after day one, so I never caught that kicker, you know, that Joey was talking about. But I I was like, man, this is this is a good day. I've set myself up well. And then fun. Sunday, the wind laid down and it was glass. I get to the ramp. I got to the ramp late on purpose. Like mom, I'm starting at the same place. So I, I pulled up at like seven fifteen and launch was at seven. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be sitting out there thinking about it. So <laughs> I start at the ramp again, third cast on the live scope. One comes up and takes it and swims at me. And I'm trying to catch up to him in like a 17 jumps and spits it at the kayak. I'm like, mm. well, that sucks, but okay. Maybe, maybe we're on to something. Bait caster. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we can only do so much at one time. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's it. The only time I'll say it, I'm sorry. All right, no, that's fine. That's fine. So I, I lost another one, and then it was like 11 o'clock, and I didn't have a fish. And mm. I'm sitting here going, "What the shit?" I was, you know, I did good on day one. I met, I followed the plan, and it was, it was like Joey talked about. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, I got to make an adjustment. Flat water, you know, I got to go finesse, which is more, more often than not, what I do anyway. So went out to the main channel and i'm going over like 120 foot channels and Mm. found an island with a long point and uh i threw a shaky head and caught a couple it's like okay here we go so i backed off and start looking at the point and in 15 foot of water i see stumps on the live scope and for the next two hours between like 12 30 and 2 30 I'm watching these bass swim up between the stumps from the deep water and throwing a shaky head at them watching the shaky head go down on the live scope and fish coming up and grabbing it and then setting the hook and catching them. So I went from not having anything, you know, before 11 to having low sixties bag <laughs> live, live scoping with a shaky head, you know, <laughs> and um, coming in on Saturday, as I was coming in, I'd spent the afternoon, like the last two or three hours scouting. I was like, well, you know, I've got a good bag. I want to have some new spots to find something for Sunday. And at 3.30, it lines out. I, on Saturday, I saw a flock of birds, giant mm. flock of birds. And, um, so I, as, on the way back to the truck, it, they were, like, in my path. So I go over them, and it just it lights up like a Christmas tree. Mm. I said, okay, they're coming up, and they're feeding on these flats about this time, so I'm going to be ready. And Sunday, I went, and um, at 3 o'clock, pedaled my ass off. I got up to five miles an hour on sustained. <laughs> I didn't know that kayak could go that fast. I'm like, that's oh. rolling there, buddy. Well, you know, I was, I had to stop and take a drink of Gatorade. And then I'm not going to lie. But, so I got, your thighs burning. 
Yeah. Your thighs yeah. burning a little More bit, too. Just the thighs burning, but we'll leave it at that. But. <laughs> yeah, them glutes, them glutes mm-hmm. on those pedals mm-hmm. now, they'll get you, they'll that get your butt. That got me. That was, that was pain yeah. in a different area, but so <laughs> I, got, I got to the birds, and um, same thing. I had 15 minutes left in the tournament. So I start casting the A-rig around the edges because growing up on Lanier, you get into these giant balls, and you'll have hybrids and stripers on top, and if you can get a bait through it, to the bottom, that's where your your bass are typically going to be. Mm. So I'm kind of fishing the edges, watching the A-rig go down. And in the last 15 minutes, I caught three hybrids and a 16 and three quarter. Um, ended up being the biggest fish of the weekend for me, which is not not super big for a tournament. But everything I caught was between 15 and 16, seven, five all weekend. So that mm-hmm. that I felt a little bit better with. Um, you know, put me in fourth place, which was one out of the money. I was sitting there next to Joey at weigh-in going, oh, man. We thought place. you had a chance. I was like, that's, that's the fish spot. That's the one that doesn't get any money. And then next thing I know, Vinny's talking about, well, here's our paddle guy. That, that came so so know, how, does, how, does it, how does it feel to be just shitty enough to finish, be first out of the money? You know what? <laughs> Not too bad because I think all things considering on, on yeah. a borrowed jack, borrowed finder, borrowed truck. Absolutely. Not being first against first time. Guys, yeah. And first time ever using any kind of forward facing sonar, right? Ever. Yeah, first time first time I'd ever used a pedal kayak. Like mm-hmm. I've never even demoed one or tried one until the week before. So you know, I it was it was a lot, but I knew I needed to practice. I knew I needed to get comfortable before I went down there. And it was neat to put a plan together to follow the plan and it to work out. And then on Sunday, make some adjustments and that work out mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, yeah, fourth sucks. It's first out, but I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. So needless to yeah. say, my new 10 tag is not going to say I beat you with a paddle because <laughs> I'm going to have pedals and forward facing sonar. Yeah. I, I beat you with FFS, forward facing yeah. sonar. I like, I like that. <laughs> Forward facing sonar guru. FFS guru. Wait till he does it. an expo in January. I told him, I yep. said, dude, after this weekend, if you want me to give seminars on pedal kayaks and forward facing <laughs> sonar, you just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Would, tell me this. Th- thinking back, thinking on the weekend that you had and and using that forward facing sonar to identify fish, find fish, watch them bite, figure out how they're biting. Do you think you would have done this well if you hadn't had that forward facing sonar? 100% no. It was insane because I would back into a flat. I said, all right, I want a 10 foot flat to see what's there. And I saw groups of bass Saturday morning moving and I'd orient, I would throw a crankbait at them and I would hook up. You know, I, you can't do that without that forward-facing sonar. In, in my, true. I could have, I could have blindcasted that whole area and probably picked a few up, but I wouldn't have been near as efficient. Do you? Did you? Do you use any kind of graphs and stuff on your 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 paddle kayak? Yeah, I've got a, a Lawrence Ti Ti two okay. nine inch, and it's got side mm-hmm. scan and everything. That it's come in handy over the years with a rigs. I'll see it and cast the things, but. And it's a whole different level that I'm I'm a dumbass for thinking that I'm gonna beat anybody <laughs> with pedals and forward facing <laughs> after picking it up a week before. Joey, do you do you use any graphs on, on yours or are you you a bank you're beating the bank? No, well, my story's a little bit different on the sonar. Uh 
I started out with a paddle with no sonar and then I worked up into a Hobie and then uh, I was sponsored a couple years back. Uh, guy bought me a hummingbird and the, the mega mm. 360 when it came out and I tried to run that mega 360 and uh, I got out on the water and it took me about 30 seconds to realize that that 360 is way too cumbersome for a kayak. And yeah, you're gonna tough. spend yeah. yeah, you're gonna spend half your time fucking around with that 360. And let me tell you what, that technology, don't, don't I'm not disrespecting that technology whatsoever. That 360 is the real deal. It is the next best thing to forward face and sonar. And if if you know, it'll show you where the fish are moving. If you speed that cone up fast enough, it'll show mm-hmm. you exactly where they're at and where they are and your to relative to where you are. That was key to me. And I had to get that thing in between two bridge pylons one time to get my bearing straight on how these fish were actually setting up around me into where, you know, I actually had walls on either side, but it made me unable to run. Mm. And with that being in the water, I didn't have a flip up. All I used was a a Ram grip cloth Mm -hmm. and I just stuck it in the water, man. You could run like three. You, you could work your ass off and barely get three and a half miles an hour in a Hobie. You got, you're dragging right. an anchor. You're dragging yeah, an anchor yeah. off the side of your damn kayak. That's exactly right. So I took all that shit off, and I just ran the basic mega imaging, down imaging, mm. side imaging. And what I learned, it's not something I learned here. It's I rested on what I knew. I knew exactly what was happening because I had seen it happen on Hartwell. I've seen it happen on this little lake around here at Mountain Island. I've seen it happen on Lake Norman more times than I can count. I've seen it happen a million times. And those damn blueback herring fish don't bite suspended about 75% of the time. Now, you will pick one off, but you're not going to win a tournament on suspended fish if you don't have live scope. Mm -hmm. So I get bit offshore. I knew they were there. I could see them. They were busting around me. They wouldn't bite top water. They wouldn't bite mid range. They wouldn't bite nothing dragging. They wouldn't bite the damn Alabama rig suspended. Wouldn't bite a jerk bait. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna throw up these rocks on this bridge. Mm-hmm. One of guns comes over here and gets hungry and wants one of these crawfish. And mm-hmm. they say, oh, well, there goes an Alabama rig. Maybe I'll bite that. Yeah. And I just couldn't. I, you know, I'll tell you, Joey. I had a lot of people kind of talking to me about forward-facing sonar and picking that stuff up and something that everybody said is you got to be careful because you're going to waste your time looking at the screen the whole time you can't you can't rely on that so i you know same i set my time limit i set a time limit i said that's smart that's smart i pull up to and there there were plenty of times this happened this weekend i'd pull up to something i'd see a brush pile and obviously there were fish on it they'd look at a jerk bait they'd go back if in 10 minutes i didn't have anything i was gone because That's I didn't smart. want to get into that that you know that Boy. downward spiral of being there for three hours for that one fish when right. there are others somewhere else that are going to. That's buy. right. That's yeah. Luckily, you're looking for the aggressive luckily, fish. But, yeah, yeah. That's right. That and all that lends into what y'all just both talked about, Joey. With you know, I I know the fish are suspended; they won't bite it. I'm going to go to the bank where when fish are in that shallow water. They're there, They're there for one reason. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of intuition, fishing intuition that goes into being able to make those calls and do that. And that's what separates the really, really good anglers to the to the 
you know, the ones that don't understand that, or they don't have that to intuition yet, or they don't have, they don't have the experiences yet to make those drastic changes to go shallow or to go back deep or to figure out, you know, how the fish are reacting to your lures. I mean, that's, that's, that shows a lot of experience and being able to make the right call, the right change at the right time. Yep. A lot of L's to learn that mm, lesson. Mm-hmm. It sure is. I promise you. And the biggest key for the spot for me was, was I know that fish in the fall go to the back of the creeks or try to get to the back of the creeks. And then by early winter, they're trying to make their way out. This place had no water in it. It was mm-hmm. six foot low. I wow. had never fished a lake that was that low. And when I launched at this spot, if my graph, didn't show me at least nine or ten foot of water in a certain place i was going to leave like if it was going to be four or five foot everywhere it wasn't going to be right i need those fish because what those fish do when it gets that low they're not going to leave the bank they're going to suspend off the bank they're going to try they want to be on the bank but they can't so they're going to suspend to where they can get to the bank like that Mm-hmm. And so they can just go up and down at that point. And when they go to feed, they hit the bank, they hit the rocks mm-hmm. or the bridge. And you've got, I don't know, just say, for instance, it's a mile and a half, two mile creek. And the whole damn thing's half a mile wide. But then there's a bridge that constricts that, let me find the camera, to about mm-hmm. 30 yards wide. And they're coming and going because it's the season of transition. I don't know. You just hang out there for eight hours. You might run across four of them. <laughs> or a six pounder. Or a six pounder. But those fish were those fish were schooling. I could hear mm-hmm. big ones. I could hear them. They were busting. They were going crazy. But they, buddy, when you threw at them when they were off the bank, off the rocks, they knew yeah. they knew better. They were like, oh, look at this dumbass. <laughs> <I'll see y'all." laughs> A lot of people need to bookmark what he just said. That's a lot of knowledge right there. The, yeah, this is you know the, one of the some overturned, uh, overused term in fishing, and one of them is the juice. But you just you just squeezed out that Capri Sun. All you you just showered everybody wow, with it like a champagne shower uh, with that little bit of juice. I mean that's a lot of knowledge. But you know a lot of people a lot of people aren't going to figure that out. New anglers aren't going to figure that out all on their own majority of the time they're going to figure that out fishing with somebody else talking to people after a tournament uh going out learning stuff like that listening to podcasts and that's the great thing about podcasts is you can put this on driving down the road listen to 35 45 two-hour podcast and be like holy shit next fall next winter i know where i'm going to be and what i'm going to be doing you know what the number one thing now i have spent not a tremendous amount of time, but a year or two. I I like to educate people about fishing. Fishing, teaching people fishing is something I really enjoy. I guide periodically. I okay. teach a few guys in the club every once in a while. I'll take a few guys under my wing and you know, you know, talk to them, give them a few more deets than you should probably. But <laughs> anyway, hey, next year, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Not fishing the team division. (laughs) (laughs) But no, man, it's just, I really enjoy teaching people how to fish. And if, you know, if there's a few things that I can give up along the way, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give out everything, but most of it, man. And I'll tell you from my past experience, 
trying to teach people how to fish, the number one thing that people screw up, and I will tell you this to the day I die, they overthink it big time. Overthinking fishing is the worst thing you could do. They are stupid little green critters that bite mm -hmm. hooks that don't even look like bait. Mm -hmm. And if you, you get too too far beyond that, you're going to spin yourself out. And that's just all they are to it. So, you know, when it comes to that, that stuff, like we talked about, that was gut instinct. Don't overthink mm -hmm. it. They got to go through this area. It's 30 yards wide. They have to, they don't, if they're, it's, it's the season of transition. I don't know what I'm doing with my hands, but here they are. <laughs> Look, we but, all country. You know, we you gotta, know I mean? Yeah. It's hard to sit down in a chair and talk when you country because you know, right. you're moving everything and all that shit, you know, you get all antsy, the ADD kicks in and you don't know what to do. And yep. you know, that's how it happens. We, we just recorded the, the one that's going to drop our regular podcast that drops Friday, we recorded and we, we talked about a lot of that intuition stuff and, and you know, making the right call and uh, overthinking. You know, it, it is, you just, you gotta be, you can't catch fish where fish ain't. So you gotta be in an area with fish. There's where your technology and obviously your forward-facing sonar comes in is you know that there are bass there 100%. Now you just have to, with forward-facing, it cuts down that time to realize, are they in a biting mood right now? And if they're not, and Ryan did a great job at it, 10 minutes. If I didn't catch a fish in 10 minutes when I could see them and they were looking at my lure, I'm going somewhere else because you go somewhere else and those fish might be ready to fire. That's right. Ryan, are you going to... Do you already have a pedal kayak ordered, forward-facing sonar ordered, and 18 batteries? <laughs> uh, well, I did win one of the Dakota, Dakota Lithiums mm. as part of my prize pack, so I'm on my way to 18 batteries. Um, jumped on the yeah, – yeah, the, Joey got the whole power box, which are – Aren't I beautiful? Oh, my God. You gotta, yeah, you I got one somewhere. You need a power box. But, yeah, I got um, one somewhere. I love that. That's what powers my GoPro. That I never post videos, even though I record all fucking day. But anyway, go ahead. So, so I'm, I'm cheap. I'm squeaky. That's why. That's another reason I paddled. <laughs> so, Black Friday sale at Cabela's. I got me a Garmin 106 SV, whatever it was. Nice. I had Cabela's points, so it cost me five dollars. Mm. <laughs> um, so I still got to get the the live scope. You know, you got to get the separate transducer. Yep. Um. And then it'll probably be beginning of the season. I'm gonna have pedals. I don't know if you it's a charge yet or Hobie. I don't know who it is yet, but but I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have something. I can't. I can't go back after what I know now. So you it you it opened your eyes to the advantage you get. Let's let's just take forward facing sonar out of it. Even though I, and probably in the next couple of years, the majority of people that are tournament fishing are gonna have it. It's not going to be, I mean, just over from two years ago to now, look at how many people have it right. versus don't. But what right. the the advantage of having that pedal kayak and having your hands free to be able to fish and then the speed that you can do, like so I had, I, a, I mean. I always thought was that I was really good at paddling with one hand and an arm and fishing <laughs> with the other hand. I'm like, I don't need that. I can, I can yeah. like do both at the same time. And for whoever's watching the video, I'm sure that looks, that looks <laughs> great right there. But, you know, getting out on something that I'm pedaling. I mean, even, even something as stupid when I was practicing on Wiley, I'm doing four and a half across the lake 
holding my phone. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, this is, yeah, this is, this is a, it's an advantage. I mean, it is I, because I'm, I'm cruising. I'm cruising doing, I think it was four, maybe not four and a half, mm-hmm. but I can do other things, especially Saturday when I was cranking, you know, power fishing yeah. because they were, I can move, I can adjust, and I can keep the lure in the water. You know, I, I can kind of tell what direction they're in because I'm using sonar, but I'm also keeping a lure because my hands are free. And, that, and there's, yeah, there's it, two it, other it, things. It was eye opening. It was different. There's two was other things that I learned on that too. Is one, so your hands are free. You can mess with your graph. You can look at your phone. You can do all that, but you're gonna get more cast during the day when your hands are free than than the paddle. And then the other thing, so you're going to be more efficient on that. And the other thing is now you don't have a fucking paddle laying across your lap that's in the way with you trying to net a fish or get a fish in the boat or, you know, do something. Trying to reel one in in general. Yeah, Yeah. and and the paddles, especially the winds blowing and the paddle. Blowing it out of my hands into the water. I'm like, that's right. And I think you're fishing for your paddle again. You're like, what the yeah, got your hand. You got your hand in the water, trying to paddle over there to it with your hand. Your it didn't net make a difference because third, the guy that got third place was like three inches ahead of me, so I, I needed a huge upgrade. But on Sunday, when I when I went the last forty five minutes to find those birds, I got to the spot that I had marked from Saturday, and they're not there. And I look up, and they're half a mile down the lake. Mm-hmm. If I had been in a paddle kayak, I would have never had made it the extra half a mile to have right. the last ten to fifteen minutes. Nope. And who's to say that wasn't a 21 and a half incher that would have put me right there with Joey mm-hmm. instead of a 1675? That's to me, I think that was the eye opening thing. That's like, okay, any any advantage you can have to get around quicker, to be more efficient, it could be that fish that makes the difference. Yeah. And here's the thing levels, of, yeah. there are levels to it. Sorry. Uh, there no, are levels ahead. to it, though, because, you know, there has been a big discussion here lately about the uh, driveless kayaks and their abilities to get places nowadays, uh, there is an advantage for the mm-hmm. paddle if you know how to execute those advantages. There's advantages that natives have over other kayaks that, uh, I'm just going to be honest with you, a damn native could jump a shoal, a Hobie can't. Just depends <laughs> on how shallow it is. Yeah. And I ride a Hobie. Let me tell you what, if you can get up a shoal in a damn Hobie, you the man. Because those <laughs> things are heavy. They but are. There's all different levels of advantages, but it's can you actually, you know, capitalize on them? Because mm-hmm. there are advantages for the paddle guys. I used to ride a paddle for a long, long time. I finally won enough money to buy a damn Hobie. And the moment I got in the Hobie PA, it was like, no, I'll never, I, I won't never. I, I, they called me Paddle Boy for like four years. <laughs> that was my that name. Was before you were Deuce. <laughs> that was before I was Deuce. That, I, yeah, well, Deuce. I gathered it along the way. I, I gave y'all guys hell with a paddle. I promise you that. Well, and I, I'll say one thing I think that might help me, maybe, maybe not, is, you know, I think about Santee in the spring. This last year, I, my brother and I both had like a top 22, 23 or something, and that yep. was in the 200-person event. That's right. We we were both in pursuits in the swamp. We mm. eat, we didn't take electronics. We were paddling, and we each had four rods down in the rod holders, and we were we were going through over stumps and, and right. branches that were in this deep of water. 
but mm, we can do that by they were there and I, you, you can't do that with a pedal yak so there's mm. advantages to both and i see myself certain times a year maybe going back to the pursuit i'm a huge spawn fishing guy mm. i'll stand in that pursuit and paddle over the fish see them and then swing back mm. around let them come up and and, and bed fish all day so you know i yeah you can stand in the natives and you can stand in the and the hobies but you can't stand and paddle like you can in a mm -hmm. so there's times of years that i think is going to benefit me coming from one going to the other but i think if you look at overall picture man having those pedals is just it's it's crazy how how much i thought that i had an advantage and i didn't mm -hmm. i'll take pedals over a live scope though <laughs> any day i probably would it also it so the the pedal versus paddle it comes into you know what do you like to do what you're comfortable with obviously that but for us and so I'm in the Raleigh area and we've got we don't have a lot of rivers here the the lakes that y'all fish are are what are five times bigger than some of ours you know our our lakes are small compared to the Normans and the Clark's Hill and all the lakes that y'all fish but you think about it those huge lakes the paddle really puts you in one area and you can't make moves like you can with a, with, with the pedals on there. So you, you better be on some damn fish because otherwise you're going to have to be loading it up, but then you load up and you get, you're in the same position when we're fishing big reservoirs, like we fish in this area and you need to cover a lot of water to get to a spot or you need to cover a lot of water uh, in the day just to grind out a limit that's that's a big thing in our area now you get up into tennessee and they got a lot more skinnier water right so right. Those, those paddles up there are going to make a bigger difference but these huge reservoirs that we have around here i think those those pedal drives really give you an advantage for being able to cover more water when the time's right and then yeah you're right and then then you get on one of these big reservoirs that have one tiny creek in it and yep. then one dude in a kayak that weighs about 60 pounds kicks your ass yep. because you didn't pay attention to it that's right yep it's it's all about how you like to fish and want to fish i mean it's again it goes back to you know joey if you have a a, a paddle kayak and you're fishing in santee in the spring next year you you might not be in the hobie for those two days you might be in that damn paddle because you know where the fish are going to be and you know the only way to get to them is paddling your ass around yeah. That's so, it. That's it. Well, we're going to start wrapping this up to do that. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to start with you. What does, what does your, your uh, Queen City tournament season next year look like? Are you planning to fish all of them? You know, what are you, do you want to make the TOC again? I'm sure. What, so what I, does your tournament season for Queen City look like? Like I said, this, this was my fifth season and I've made the TOC four out of the five seasons. Mm. Um, and I'm putting an asterisk next to the fifth year because we had a we had a kid that year, so that kind of put a wrench in things. But oh yeah, yeah that I'm, will. So I plan on being at all the main events. You know, we broke out this year. We've got the main mm. trail, and then we've got a western division and a southern division. Um, so I'm going to do the normal ten trail events like I always do. But there's a couple of those satellite divisions that I'm looking at. You know, we're going back to Santee for the southern division. Mm -hmm. Fontana's a long drive, but that's I've actually backpacked on the Appalachian Trail over Fontana Dam. So I think it'd be cool to go fish that. But yeah, I'm you know, like I say, I'm all in. I'm I'm getting that sonar, I'm getting a pedal kayak, and I <laughs> I kind of want to make a statement this year. I've 
I've always been like top 15-ish in the TOC. And, um, you know, I want to get on a level playing field with some of this, you know, pedal stuff and, and see what I can really do this coming year. So that's, that's nice. kind of my, my plan in a nutshell. Joey, how about you? What does Queen City look like next year for you? I will be fishing the main trail, uh, pretty much the whole damn trail. I'm going to come back and I'm going to try to repeat. And I'm going to fish as many Hobies as I can get to uh, logistically uh, because I really appreciate what those guys do. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to fish as many bass events. Let me tell you. I haven't done my schedule yet, but it includes all of QC main trail. It includes at least four or five Hobies and hell, maybe a couple of bass. I don't know. Maybe, nice. I, but that I'm going to be fishing at least shit, probably 20 events next year. Easy. Hell yeah. So just like I do every year, man, I'm just going to bring it, throw it up against the wall and see what sticks. So, but you what about you? You gonna come fish some QC with us? Man, I would love to. I'm I'm lucky in this area. We do have two trails, and so I can I can fish our two trails here. About the farthest I go anywhere outside of here. I went to CNT for the Hobie this past year. I'm planning on going back this next year okay. for that national trail. That'd probably be the only national trail I do. But it's it's tough for me to get. It's tough for me to get out that way. I did fish when y'all came to Jordan this year. I did fish that, uh, obviously, because like 20 minutes from yeah, the house. Yeah. I I want to get – I want to, but we got to see. I, I own my own business, and, and uh, you know, I got a couple kids myself, and so time's limited. I usually don't get to practice for nothing unless it's Jordan or Sharon Harris. Right. <laughs> and it's because I'm not – I mean, I'm just there those couple times a week anyway. So we'll see. I'd like to, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get out and, and be able to travel as much as I'd like. We'll, well see. Maybe Santee, we we can need... at least crack a beer and, and mm -hmm. take in. Well, mm -hmm. for us. Yeah, we'll definitely listen, do that. Well, anybody list Paul, you two, it's halfway in between you. Uh, we have our Yadkin event every mm -hmm. year. I'm telling y'all right now, I saw it last year. I didn't put it together. High Rock is coming back to those MF and glory days within uh -oh. a year or two. Oh, shit. LNU High Rock is coming back with a blaze of glory. 30-pound sacks, 32-pound bags. Ooh. High Rock is about to pop. So if y'all don't miss one next year, don't miss the Adkins because High Rock is ready, ready. Yeah, and now that's a that's that's one I can make. I fished the bass the bass we had. Um, so yeah, that's definitely one I can make. We'll see. I got to get all my shit together. I got got a lot of shit going on right like now. We'll months. see. That's plenty of time. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. But boy, if, if, the, if you were gonna pencil one in, that's the one. I mean, even over <laughs> Santee, I think Santee is fucking Santee, dude. You can catch thirty five pounds on any given mm -hmm. Saturday, January through December. It's Santee. The Damn commission did it last year. Right, right. This year. Well, I'm not surprising. That dude's a monster. He don't <laughs> he don't get braggadocious about his fishing unless he's fishing. Uh -huh. Let me tell you what, that rascal can fish. He ain't yeah, no he's been bullshit. doing it a while. He he ain't no bullshit, even though he likes to pretend like he ain't nothing. Yeah. But anyway. Well, cool. We definitely we definitely gonna cross paths at least once or twice. So we'll we'll definitely get up. 
it's your time to holler out any sponsors, family, friends, the folks that help you fish. Go ahead, Joey. Man, shoot. My sponsors include me, the guy that I work <laughs> for, Jamie Mullis at Mullis Construction, my wife, and my friends that keep me going. Otherwise, they ain't a damn person out there paying me to do nothing. So they ain't going to get nothing here. You want to pay me? I'll say so. Look, these words ain't free. No, No, they ain't. And I work too hard to give away anything for free. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is. If that costs me sponsorships down the road, that's exactly who I've been. You know, have you ever seen me wear a jersey? This is AFCO. AFCO didn't pay me to wear this. I like it. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's it. Ryan, holla at your people. So so after the TOC this weekend, like I said, it's three people that got me through this weekend. Vinny for the rig, Stuart Venable for lending me the truck. That was big. Mm. And Saturday Mel's my boy. He he was there for me. He kept my head on straight a couple of times. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not sponsored with anybody throughout the regular season. My wife's amazing. You know, she's she stay at home mom. She keeps the kid all week and then keeps the kid on Saturday so that I can <laughs> fish. Um, so you know, without her support, it's it's not happening. So that's that's really she's she's the one that I'm thanking for all this and letting me letting me get through this. That's right. Awesome. Well, sweet. Well, we appreciate y'all coming on. This is a great time. Be able to talk some tournament fishing and especially when it's here. Uh, you know, local. I consider all of us local, Carolina boys, and that's how we roll. Uh, thank y'all for coming on this good joy again. Congratulations, thank man. You. That's a huge win. I know you can be putting it all next year. Ryan, hell of a lot to overcome uh <laughs> to to get to where you were and forth and first out of the money. But I mean, that's you know, to going into next season, that's gotta get you pumped up and 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 ready to make some noise next year and get into that top 10, top five and out those the 15 marks. So we sure do appreciate y'all coming on. This is a great time. Y'all hold on a second. Oh my Lord. Look at the wall behind him. I need to start putting mine up. I'm not as decorated. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I don't have enough wall space for all that shit, but I don't win nothing. So I'm just going (laughs) to sit back there with my vinyl records and my, my gun rack with my lures hanging off the back of it. That's about all y'all going to get over here. And my, my friend's <laughs> stickers, my friend's stickers on the fridge. Well, look at here, y'all. This is the Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing Chronicles hosted by Bass and Brews podcast. Next year, we are going to roll through every tournament that they have with guests. And we're going to have folks on to talk about their tournament, talk about their experiences, the good times, the bad times, the weird times, and all that good shit. I'm so glad we got this started. It's going to be an awesome year next year, following along with Queen City, hopefully fishing with some of y'all, and we're going to roll with it. Y'all hang on. This is Bass and Brews. We'll see you on the next one. Hell.